Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Jeffrey Levine. Jeff, are you ready to do this? Let's do it, man. Nice. Let's do this. Jeff is a retirement and tax expert, an educator, a speaker, and author. He is also the CEO of Blueprint Wealth Alliance. I'm excited to have you on. Jeff, tell us a little bit about your personal life, your professional background, and why you do what you do. Sure. Um, I guess when talking about my personal life, there's uh, no place I would start other than the fact that I am the uh, privileged to be the father of two wonderful, wonderful, wonderful boys, uh, three and a half and one and a half. And I'm also very uh, privileged to be uh, married to a wonderful, wonderful woman. So those uh, those two things are the most important things in my personal life outside of that. I, uh, I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so during Sundays in football season, the work shuts down and uh, everything goes to the side when the Steelers come on, and the whole family gets together and waves our terrible towels. And as far as work goes, uh, my professional background is I am a, a CPA, a CFP, a uh, whole bunch of other initials, but what really is important for, I think, your listeners to understand is that I focus on the uh, the tax impacts of retirement account distributions and trying to create a, a tax-efficient way for people to live comfortably in retirement. That's really where I focus my time and efforts on and um, been doing that for, for quite a while now. Got it. Excellent. And are your two boys also Pittsburgh Steelers fans, or do they go another direction? No, no, they are uh, they are definitely Pittsburgh Steelers Steelers fans. They know how to wave the terrible towel long before they know how to say the word Steelers. And you know when it's time to go out into winter hats, I you know I, uh, took my kids out to the car to go to school today, and you know both of them bundled up with their Pittsburgh Steelers hats on. And uh, my younger one yesterday said, "Daddy, it's Sunday. Are the Steelers on today?" Uh, and so uh, they are. They are indoctrinated at a young age. They know. Uh, they know what's good for them is to cheer for the Steelers because there's there's few ways to to make Daddy as happy as when they go cheer for the Steelers with me. So it's uh, it's one of those real great family moments. Excellent, excellent. So yeah. retirement or fi- financial financial advising, financial planning, investment management, and tax implications. It's a mm-hmm. massive, massive world. Um, how did you come sure. to, to to focus on the tax aspects of it? Wow, you know that that is a story that um, we could probably spend two hours talking about. It was you know really through just a, a, a fluke series of uh, of incidents. I ended up uh, or circumstances. I ended up working with Ed Slot and Company. And uh, for those who don't know, Ed is a, a CPA out of Rockville Center, New York, who's really considered to be one of the preeminent experts, if not the preeminent expert on IRAs, retirement account distributions, and the tax impacts they have. Uh, on individuals. And so I was very fortunate to work there and essentially apprentice under him for uh, the better part of a decade. And uh, prior to to leaving about a year ago now, uh, had ultimately become the chief retirement strategist for the firm, had had the privilege of traveling and speaking and teaching, you know, thousands of advisors, CPAs, attorneys throughout the country. And what was really interesting was that at that level, we weren't seeing you know, everybody's easy questions. The easy questions were taken care of either by the advisors, CPAs, attorneys themselves, uh, or at a local level, they would find someone. But we got to see everybody's most challenging, most difficult, most unusual circumstances and questions come through the office. And so 
in the matter of, you know, seven, eight, nine years, I really saw a lifetime and a half's worth of the most challenging situations that one could face in that area. And it really accelerated my learning curve uh, exponentially. It was the, the best learning opportunity someone could ever have. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Seven to nine years of that, of tackling the trickiest ones that they were unable to figure out. You've probably seen pretty much all of it. Um, are there, now, uh, now of course, I'm going to ask you to boil all those down to, to sort of a top top couple that the most common mistakes that, that people will often make. And is there an easy way to to talk and, and coach people on here's things you really should be thinking about avoiding when you're accumulating money and then when you're about to take it out or you are taking it out are there common mistakes sure i mean uh, i think you know you, you you really did a um a service to the listeners they are breaking apart the accumulation and decumulation phases because they are two completely different um jobs in essence i um i like to think of that uh, you know, it really is two completely different worlds. And in the accumulation phase, a lot of the time the mistakes are uh, more on the emotional or investment end of things. Now, there's certainly plenty of tax mistakes that happen. People who um, fail, uh, fail to utilize the correct type of retirement plan to accumulate assets in in the first place, that's a um, you know, that's certainly a big one. People who fail to maximize the ability to contribute. So uh, maybe that um, they have uh, put in only $10,000 into an account in a 401k when perhaps they could have deferred, you know, $18,500 this year in 2018. So there are those type of mistakes. Um, and then there are some of the ones that are, are really critical, like people who don't take advantage of company matches. Uh, even the best investment professional, the most optimistic person in the world, can't guarantee a hundred percent return. Um, but that's a lot of times what happens with a company match. You put in a dollar, and the company puts in a dollar. It is literally a hundred percent return on investment the second you put that money in there. So there are accumulation mistakes like that from the the tax end of it. But a lot of times the mistakes we see as people are building their wealth are the emotional ones, the, the ones where, oh my goodness, you know, what happens when the market drops like a 2008 and I'm just going to blow up my investment strategy and all of a sudden I'm going to move to cash or to bonds or, or to some other quote-unquote safe investment as opposed to taking the long view and the non-emotional view and, and, and doing what's right for the long term and, and that's keeping with whatever plan you have in place. Those are the key issues we see a lot of times in the accumulation phase. And a lot of times the tax mistakes aren't as significant there because people are oftentimes accumulating these funds inside their 401k, their um, their 403b, and they're just continuing to deposit money into these accounts. And a lot of the the big mistakes occur when people get more control. More control means more opportunity, um, but it also means more opportunity for mistakes. For instance, when moving retirement account money. Tons of mistakes there. Uh, people who move it incorrectly, uh, most often moving things via indirect rollover. Uh, when it comes to moving retirement account money, there are generally two ways in which people can do so. One being direct from one institution to the other, and the other being indirect. And if you can move it directly, that's always the best because indirect movements of Retirement money can, depending upon uh, certain factors, can cause uh, 
immediate taxation if you go beyond a 60-day window can create additional uh, problems if you have more than one IRA to IRA or Roth IRA to Roth IRA rollover within a 365-day, one-year period. Uh, for certain distributions from 401ks and 403bs, there's mandatory 20% withholding for federal income tax purposes that can't be avoided. So lots of problems in the indirect rollover space. Um, in addition, the other key issue we see a lot in the decumulation phase or the retirement end of things is failing to properly um, calculate and or take required minimum distributions. And, you know, the, the retirement account rules are there and they're very favorable, but you can you have to follow the rules. There's good and bad parts to them. And one of the potentially bad parts is that once you hit 70 and a half, you must generally begin taking money out of your retirement account whether you like it or not. And there's a lot of mistakes on the calculation of those required minimum distributions. And I would say there are even more mistakes on where those distributions are taken. Uh, meaning if someone has a 401k, for instance, and an IRA, one of the big mistakes we see is that many people think they can simply take the entire amount from an IRA or the entire amount from their 401k, and that's not the case. In fact, you would have to take a distribution from each of those retirement accounts in order to avoid um, violating the rules and potentially leaving yourself with a 50-5-0% penalty. That's a big one. That is a big one. 50% penalty potentially if you take required minimum distribution. Minimum distributions incorrectly. Hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to throw one of those goofy questions at you. Why is it 70 and a yeah, half? Yeah, sure. Is there, is there well, you know, there that? was two, uh, two congressmen. They were drunk and in a bar, and <laughs> one said 70 and one said 71. And they, uh, you know, actually it goes back uh, primarily to insurance ages. A lot of times um, with insurance, you are 71 as soon as you hit 70 and a half, as soon as you're closer to 71 than it is to, uh, you know, than you are to 70. And so it was meant to basically be once you're older than 70. But, of course, to complicate things and, you know, most importantly, to keep people like me employed with complicating right. factors of the tax code, they had to make it 70 and a half. And so that's where it stands today. Got it. Well, that was a lot of really great information. I appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, just to sort of recap for everybody that if you're able to avoid taking an indirect rollover, meaning if you are with Fidelity and you want to move the money to John Hancock, you should do your best to move it from exactly or directly from one to the next. Do not have them send it to you and then have you send the money in. So anyway, um, <clears throat> okay, this is oftentimes... I would have to imagine that when people are trying to do this kind of planning, it's easy to violate their planning tolerance. And what I mean by that is just, it's just so much information. I don't know where to start, so maybe I just throw my hands up and I don't do anything at all. Do you ever find that? Oh, of course, yeah. You know, but it's... Uh... Most people don't really like taxes, and that is both paying them and planning for them. It's kind of painful. So people tend to not do the things that they don't enjoy doing, you know, in all aspects of life, not just with their financial life. And so a lot of times tax planning and uh, doing the right thing in this particular area gets put to the side, and, and that can create – 
a lot of problems. These are things that should be addressed. And oftentimes, uh, again, just like other things in life, the earlier that it's addressed, the easier it is to either fix mistakes or to avoid making them in the first place. And is there is there an ideal time to start going down this process? Earlier, the better, but... Today, yeah, <laughs> today. I mean, that's uh, that's really the answer. There are the, the earlier you get started making good decisions, the better off you are. It's not, um, you know, typically good planning is not just one of these things where you come into the office and we look at everything and we say, okay, um, if you do these ten things, you're going to be good, and you know, just do these ten things and come back to us when you retire. It's often the, the little things. It's a series of very small decisions, but many of those small decisions that often together add up to a huge impact over time. And the other thing that's really important to understand is that we're playing with a moving target, right? I mean, think about how much has changed just between 2017 and 18. Uh, just from a tax policy perspective, we've got plans that we put in place with clients just you know, six months ago that are I don't want to say obsolete, but large portions of them are, you know, need to be completely revamped, updated, and or reevaluated because of these changes in the law. And so a lot of things are beyond clients' control or your listeners' control, and they just need to react to what's going on around them. You know, same thing even with um, the markets. You know, you can't control whether the market goes up or goes down, but you can certainly control what you do in response to those conditions. And that's really those, you know, those ongoing little course corrections, if you will, that cumulatively add up to, um, you know, to, to, to big differences. Yeah, I think that all that makes a lot of sense. And the fact that it is a moving target and things are going to be happening to us, but then our families are also going to be growing and changing. And I saw on your website, you mentioned the importance of having a family mission statement. And I think that this is probably such a, an important piece that is so rarely taken care of or so rarely done or thought of. If you were to, to, to provide some advice to the people who are listening, how would you advise them to craft a mission statement for their family? Well, I think the first thing that you could do when you're, you know, is what is it that is truly important to you? You know, that's, what is it that uh, if, if someone, you know, if, if you were not here tomorrow, right, what are, what are the values that you want to, um, to want to instill upon your family or want others to feel like you have instilled on your family? And, and like, a lot of times that's where that, that mission statement, uh, it, you know, begins and is crafted. It's, it's one of those things that can really help provide direction and uh, certainty in planning and also help prioritize because many clients come in and they've got priorities that are all over the place. You know, they, they want to fund education and they want to fund their retirement and they want to have a certain lifestyle in retirement and they want to be able to gift to grandchildren and they want to, you know, there's just, there's all these different things. And at the end of the day, you really got to boil it down to what are the things that are most important for you. Some people are lucky enough to have enough money to do it all and still have some left over. But there are a lot of people who have to make these difficult choices and if you can create your own set of rules and rule book and prioritize, it makes it a lot easier because when it's not someone else telling you how to spend your money, but you essentially internalizing it and creating your own set of rules, a lot of times that's really what we do, right? Is we, we don't actually create these rules. We just help guide clients in the creation of their own priorities and to help 
bring that out of them so that when they go and they they have you know do I do a or b it's a very clear choice because they've already set that standard for themselves yeah I completely agree you allow them set the stage for them to really set set their own standards and certainly does then make a lot of those really hard decisions easier to your point excellent well Jeff Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them well, you know, the the first, uh, the most important thing I would say is is to be educated. And educated doesn't mean that you have to do everything yourself. It means taking an interest in what's going on and learning. It's study after study after study after study shows that those who take an active role in their finances and who read and who learn, and, and now today you don't even need to read. If you don't like reading, you can watch YouTube videos ad nauseum. But those who, you know, those who take pride and ownership of their financial lives have better outcomes at the end. And it may not mean that you make one more decision on your own. It could be that you still utilize a professional um, tax preparer, a professional financial advisor, a professional estate planning attorney, but it means you will be able to ask those professionals better questions. You will be able to understand their guidance more accurately. You'll be able to implement the plan more accurately. And so getting educated, you know, some people may uh, discount that as, well, yeah, anybody could say that, but it is truly the one thing that separates so many of the successful people I meet from those that just are not quite as successful in their planning. And they may be given the same advice and be in the same circumstances, but one person is just able to understand it and implement it better because they've taken a little bit more time to learn about what, you don't have to be an expert, but you should understand why you're doing and what you're doing. And it makes all the difference in the world. Totally agree. If your advisors are more interested in your financial success than you are, that is not the way it's supposed to be. So that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. So thank you for that. And Jeff, thank you for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, certainly they can go on to uh, you know Twitter and follow me there at uh, CPA Planner, all one word on Twitter or go to LinkedIn and our uh, our corporate website is bpw like a blueprint wealth alliance.com and they're certainly welcome to visit our website we post information there on a regular basis and uh, welcome any questions excellent well Savage Nation if you enjoyed this as much as I did show Jeff your appreciation and check him out on Twitter and check out the website because there is a lot of really really great content on there and also feel free to share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Thank you again, Jeff. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!